Welcome to the Community Church at Lake Wiley's Message Podcast. We're once again so grateful you decided to download this episode, and we can't wait to share this message with you. It's part three of Pastor Ryan's series, Hearts and Minds. This week, how not to lose heart. Here is Pastor Ryan. Good morning. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, scouts, and anybody else who happens to be uh, visiting for the first time today. We're really glad that you're here with us. Anybody watching online for the first time, uh, we're so happy that you're here as we now turn to God's Word together and see what He has to say. Uh, We are in a series right now walking through the book of 2 Corinthians, Uh, but I want to start today with a a couple of verses that are pretty well known from a different letter of the Apostle Paul's, and they're from Philippians 4. The Apostle Paul wrote this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We've all felt anxiety. It's part of being human. It's part of this life. Um, And so I don't think it's any surprise that these verses I just read are are some of the best loved and most memorized verses um, because we all face times of fear. Uh, but when you really look at those words, they're a bit strange, right? Because they're, they're talking of this bizarre peace, uh, a strange peace that you kind of shouldn't have based on the circumstances that you're going through. One, a kind of peace that like, doesn't make sense based on what's going on in your life. Like, like feeling peace even though you know, all the plans in your life seem to be falling apart or, or feeling a sense of peace even though, you know, you or a friend or a loved one just received a life-altering diagnosis or a sense of peace when, like, a great friend has let you down or you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Again, it's like the circumstances don't seem to justify this sense of peace that you have. So it's, it's a strange peace. And that's why it says it transcends understanding. It just doesn't make sense that you would feel that way. It's the peace of God, it says. So how can we have this sort of peace in our lives? The Apostle Paul is going to help us today in this chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. We're going to kind of take it step by step and walk through it. It's a really powerful chapter. So if you want to open your Bible and follow along, uh, please turn to 2 Corinthians 4. If you're unfamiliar with how Scripture is arranged, here's where you can find 2 Corinthians. It's in the New Testament, which is going to be toward the back of the Bible. But, of course, we'll have it on the screens as we always do. Uh, So it's called 2 Corinthians, in case you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, because it was a letter that the Apostle Paul in the first century wrote to a church in the city of Corinth, which was, uh, and is, a city in Greece. Um, And so his letters are titled after who he sent them to. So it's the second letter that we have that he wrote to this church in Corinth. It was pretty much a brand new church. At this time, pretty much all churches were brand new. And um, Paul's kind of trying to do two things in this letter. He's, on the one hand, trying to repair his relationship with the Corinthians. Their relationship had kind of soured. So he's trying to repair that, but he also knows they still need to learn and grow. And so he's trying to teach them about their faith and also repair their relationship. Last week where we left off is Paul had been talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives, how we have God himself through the Spirit indwelling us, kind of doing the heavy lifting of our spiritual growth. 
So I want to pick up there at the beginning of chapter 4. Paul writes this, verse 1. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, and by that he means the Spirit's work in our life. So since through God's mercy we have the Spirit's work in our life, we do not lose heart. Rather, we've renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. There he's referring to the way he has shared the message of Christ with the Corinthians. He's saying, we're not distorting the word of God or anything. On the contrary, he continues, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So let's stop there for a second. I want you to highlight, if you're taking notes or underline, that, that amazing phrase right at the beginning of what we just read, highlight, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. This is really the key idea in this whole chapter. Like, and, and remember, he was talking about in light of the fact that we have the Holy Spirit, we do not lose heart. Every believer in Christ is indwelled by the Holy Spirit, meaning that for every Christian, God is perpetually, perfectly present. No matter how sad we are or how much we feel that we've failed, there is never a time when God is distant from us, though it can feel that way if we feel like we've disappointed him or something like that. And so I, over the years, I've tried to get into the habit of praying instead of things like, God, be with me. It's, God, make me aware of your presence. Help me to remember your presence. Help me to know that you're with me. Help me to be comforted by your presence because he is always present. And this is sort of the idea that Paul's getting at. If we live that way, with an awareness of God's presence in our lives, we won't lose heart. And so what this means is, you know, to not lose heart means we won't become weary and discouraged as a long-term pattern in our lives. Now, obviously, all of us feel at sometimes weary and discouraged. That's just part of life. I mean, we obviously go through that in moments and in seasons. But Paul's trying to say, listen, if you trust in God's ever-presence, that he is with you at all times, you know, your lives won't be marked by a long-term hopelessness or weariness or discouragement. And so he's trying to uplift them and us. And so that, that's the good news that he's talking about here, right? Is God's ever-presence in our lives. But he also gives us some bad news. He says that the God of this world, and it's interesting, it's lowercase g, God. So it's, he's not talking about God himself. The Lord of this world, maybe you could translate it, lowercase g, Satan, blinds some people to this hope. And so we have to be vigilant as Christians to continuously share the gospel, the hope of Christ, because there are people in our lives who seem to be rejecting Christ and they may be blinded by Satan. Satan is interfering in their view of themselves and of God and of the world. And so they, they may not have made as free will of a choice to reject God as they think they've made. So how do we do this? How, you know, he gives us this good news. God is ever present with us and we're supposed to live in that. It's supposed to give us hope. So how do we do that? How do we live continually in that way and share the hope of Christ with those who don't yet know the Lord? Verse five, let's keep going. For what we preach is not ourselves, 
but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Some have said that might be the most concise expression of Christian influence or Christian leadership that you could find in Scripture. Our message is not ourselves and our values. Our message is Jesus Christ is Lord, meaning as king. That's part one of our message, Jesus is Lord. And the second part of our message is we are here to serve. That's the message. And, and even though, and I will say, whenever you see the word preach in Scripture, you know, he says, what we preach is not ourselves. I think a lot of Christians sort of tune out and be like, that's not for me. I don't preach. That's for those professional people. Nope, it's for everybody. Paul's not talking about just professional pastors or leaders. He, this is the vision for all Christians, right? Our dual message, the lordship of Christ and the service of others. And Paul's telling us, look, if we live like this, Lifting Christ as Lord and serving others, we will reach those people whose eyes are veiled and who have not yet responded to Christ. But how can we be like that? How, how can we live that way, embody that message of Christ as Lord and we're here to serve? How do we do that? Let's keep going. Verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So with that verse, Paul takes us back to creation, right? Just as God created the universe out of nothing, light from dark, he's saying we have been and are being recreated from the inside out. We are being transformed by God. He's shaping us into the kind of people who can bring this message to a very confused and hurting world. He's making us into who we need to be. And in this next verse we're going to look at, Paul gives us an incredibly moving and memorable image of all of this, of how this all looks. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. If you're taking notes, I want you to highlight that treasure in jars of clay. The treasure is Christ and his life-changing, world-changing gospel. And we are the jars of clay. Now, I want to show you a picture of what he would have had in mind. These are what they looked like in his day in the ancient world, these kind of multi-purpose storage containers. They were just ubiquitous in the ancient world. They would store grain and wine and all, all kinds of things. And if there were a container store in the first century, it pretty much would just be that. It would just be a bunch of those. That's maybe a few wineskins, but that was it. And so if you've ever seen pictures from the ancient world of like beautiful, artistic, gilded, painted, ornate jars and pottery, maybe you've ever seen, you know, pictures of ancient Greek pottery and things like that, you know, that was out there. There was beautiful, unbelievably ornate pottery in the ancient world. And Paul is not comparing us to that. He's saying we're like these, ordinary, undecorated, unexceptional storage jars. But we get to be the bearers, the containers of the most beautiful thing in the world, the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And so we're just ordinary, cracked, chipped, unshiny jars of clay, but inside the gospel is this glowing treasure beyond description. And so the beauty is not us. 
The beauty is Christ in us. But how do we know? How do we know we have that treasure inside of us, that the gospel has really taken root in our lives and that the spirit inside us is changing us? How do we know? Paul gives us some evidence in the next two verses. Verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Bad things do happen to us. We are hard-pressed, persecuted, knocked down, discouraged, disillusioned, disappointed. These things happen. And even though those things happen, in the long run, over time, if Christ is in our lives, we are not crushed. We are not chronically despairing. Because of the light of the gospel, Christ in us, the work of the Spirit, lifts us up and carries us through our days. That's the peace that surpasses understanding, right? A peace that sort of doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't is it doesn't originate with us. So, so Paul, he's kind of giving us evidence. Like when you, feel, when you feel yourself enduring dark times in a way that you almost, like how am I even able to do this? It's evidence of God's presence in your life. It's evidence of the Holy Spirit's work. But it doesn't mean that life is easy, again. So what Paul's going to do now in the next several verses is describe his own struggles because he was facing actual persecution. Um, and he's going to talk about how the hope of eternal life just carries him through. Verse 10. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. And there he's alluding to the actual persecutions he's been going through. So that in this life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, verse 12, death is at work in us, meaning he and his co-workers, Paul, are being threatened their lives. But life is at work in you, the Corinthians. It is written... I believed, therefore I have spoken. Now there Paul's quoting a psalm that, that had to deal with trusting God in adversity. And he goes on and says, since we have that same spirit of faith, meaning since I have that same spirit of faith as the person who wrote the psalm about trusting God in adversity, he says, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So Paul's just talking about, you know, I'm literally facing death over this thing, but it's for your good. I want to see you grow. I want to see God at work in your life. And one day we're all going to be raised to life together anyway through Christ. And it's going to be this unbelievable moment. And more and more people are responding to the grace of Christ. Now, in these last few verses we're about to look at, starting in 16, Paul brings it full circle to where we started today. Verse 16, therefore, remember he was just talking about the resurrection we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, 
what is unseen is eternal. So with these last few verses, Paul is sort of expanding our time horizon to an eternal scale. And he's saying, look, in light of eternity, and remember, he's being persecuted. He's literally facing death. And he's saying, in light of eternity and our resurrection hope in Christ, whatever our current struggles are, highlight this, they are light and momentary troubles. And we can read that and go, do you know what's going on in my life? They are not light or momentary. We can feel that way. And Paul, certainly, as someone being persecuted, would have understood how that feels. But he's saying on the scale of eternity and the weight of the glory of being resurrected as Jesus was, they, in that perspective, are light and momentary. And so what we should do, he's encouraging us with God's help, is this, highlight this, fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. And I think that's so important for us to do because we can become so fixated on what we see. You know, especially when things are not going well in our lives and in our world, it's like we just take our circumstances and we enthrone them. You know, as if they dictate what God is like and who we are in his eyes. And then that just crushes us when we do that. When we enthrone our circumstances as if they're God, it crushes us. It makes us feel like God is distant, though he never is. And we just begin to believe all these lies. It makes us forget that even though our lives may feel brittle at times, we are those jars of clay with the greatest treasure imaginable inside. So the peace of God that surpasses understanding, it's not about feeling peaceful all the time. That's impossible. No one ever has. Paul certainly didn't. I don't feel peaceful all the time. I know you don't either. Nobody does. The life of faith is not about trying hard to feel serene about life or pretend that hard things aren't hard. We can't avoid weariness in our life. We are not invulnerable. But Paul wants us to remember we have God perfectly present with us in the green pastures of, lives, of our lives and in the dark valleys. And we have this treasure, the gospel message that shines in a dark world. And it tells us who we are and how much we're worth. And to God, it was everything. We were worth his life. And so twice, Paul says in these verses, we do not lose heart. And the key to living that way and not losing heart is not trying hard to just have a good attitude. We can't manufacture and sustain that kind of attitude. That's not what Paul's telling us. What he's actually saying twice, he said, we don't lose heart. But you know what he's actually teaching us? This is the, the key point of this whole thing. It's this. God does not lose heart. God does not lose heart. You and I are able to live our life in a way that ultimately we don't lose heart because God does not lose heart. Our lives of faith are about turning to the one who never tires, never gives up on us, never turns away, never loses hope. If you want to not lose heart, don't lose sight of the one who loves you beyond comprehension and who never grows weary. I want to close by reading something from Isaiah. Um, and I actually wonder if Paul had these verses in Isaiah in mind in 2 Corinthians 4. 
um, because Paul knew the Old Testament backwards and forwards. And so I just, it seems to me he may have had these in mind as he's writing in 2 Corinthians 4. I want to read these words, and if you're comfortable, I want to do something a little different. If you're comfortable, I would encourage you to close your eyes and just listen. And I just want you to let these words just sort of wash over you and really let them sink in. So I'm going to read these words, and then I'm just going to pray, and we're going to close this. Isaiah 40, starting in verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these stirring words from the prophet Isaiah and from what you inspired Paul to write in his letter to the Corinthians. Lord, you are our strength. We are not our own sources of strength. You are our peace. We are not the source of our own peace. We are those ordinary clay jars, unremarkable, but in your eyes precious, and you have entrusted us with everything your love, your gospel message for the world. And you love us beyond our wildest imagination. And God, we want to rest in that knowledge. And we want to not lose heart in this life, not because we're trying really hard not to, but because we trust you and you don't lose heart. That's how we want to live. Holy Spirit, would you make that true of us? I do pray now for our offering that we're about to receive. Lord, what could we give back to you? You gave everything for us. So whatever we give, Lord, we give joyfully back to you because you've already given us everything. And we pray over this offering that it would go for your purposes and your glory within this church and this community and around the world. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us. Remember to subscribe and to follow on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with all the latest happenings happening at CCLW. You can also visit our website, cclw.org, and you can sign up for our Koinonia, which is our weekly newsletter and contains great information about the life of our church. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for more information about small groups coming to CCLW. We have an exciting year ahead and can't wait to share it with you. But for now, have a blessed week.